Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Now today I'm joined by Wade Ellery, Field CTO at Radiant Logic, and we're talking about streamlining identity data to protect yourself in the long term. Wade, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you, mate. Um, Could I just ask for a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? Yes. Um, as the field CTO at Radiant Logic, my job really is to observe and reflect. Uh, I am out in the field regularly uh, talking to customers, prospects, analysts, really trying to understand the nature of the identity management space, where the trends are going, where the technology is going, where the threats are, and how we're addressing it as a as a organization, as a industry. And then reflect that back, both internally to our company, so our product aligns more with what our customers need and the real world is trying to do, and reflect that back out to the community so I can verify that what I'm seeing is actually true, that I can share this information with a wider audience, and then I can get back from that wider audience more feedback and create that loop over again. So it's a continuous process of me of just sort of understanding and honing the message and then being able to deliver that and get it back from the people I talk to. That's great. That's great. And my first kind of question for you today, Wade, is, you know, why are organizations seeing such an increase in their identity data right now? And why is it so important to manage it? It's actually interesting times for the identity space. For years and years, we sort of toiled away in the background. Everybody thought that identity was great. If you never heard from it, uh, it should just work. And the assumption was it just worked by a lot of people in the organization, the business especially. But there's been three major trends that have really pushed identity to the forefront. Uh, one is the digital digital revolution, the, the creating of a digital economy, where now most of the work you do in interacting with companies is over the Internet, over a web browser, over an application or, or a mobile device, where you really need to have a rich experience for the user based on their identity. So that need to bring the identity information of your customers and your workforce forward into the forefront has been very critical at driving the visibility around identity. But at the same time, we really shifted the whole architecture and the way we run our infrastructure, the way we run our applications and our businesses in our move to the cloud. And anytime you make that larger move, you start to realize all the pieces you have Imagine uh, moving from a, a large uh, house to a townhome in London. You, f- you take inventory of all the furniture and all the appliances and all the clothes and all the things you've accumulated over years, and you start to realize what's important. And this inventory we've done has really brought identity to the forefront to understand that security is built around identity information. And if I'm going to move to the cloud, if I'm going to shift my whole architecture, I have to take that with me. And now there's a compelling model out there called Zero Trust that's understanding that we have a much more distributed workforce now. I have much more aggressive, um, bad actors in the uh, in the world trying to compromise my information, trying to get access to my resources. So by using Zero Trust and the ability to authorize a user in the moment instead of giving them static privileges and access, I can secure my environment in ways I never could before. But that is built on a foundation of clear understanding of detailed identity data. 
So all three of these sort of built this perfect storm that brought identity to the forefront. And for the first time, and we're very excited as an industry to say that we're getting visibility in the C-suite now where they're really recognizing, I need to lay a strong foundation. I need to have a flexible platform. I need to be able to work with my customers all based on identity information. Got it. Got it. So I'm I'm a company that has a lot of unmanaged identity data. What are some of the security threats that I can expect to kind of arise and, and deal with? Well, the, the biggest challenge is that we have very organized, very effective bad operators out there in the world, people who are trying to uh, compromise your infrastructure to get access to your resources. The, the value of the company um, exists now mostly in, in the IT resources. It's the business you do. It's the applications you run. It's the IP that you, you contain and you manage. So access to that is critical and, and maintaining security around that is critical. When you have unmanaged identity as, assets, you're really opening up extra doors in your organization that bad operators can use to gain access to that information. Everything we do now is predicated on who you are and what you have access to, and with that access, what you can do. But if I have accounts that I provision in my organization and I've left them dormant, uh, people have left the organization and I'm not monitoring and I haven't shut those accounts off, then I have all these places that bad operators can get a hold of uh, access exploit that access. And then with the tools they have today, once inside the door, they can start to elevate their access to more and more assets within the organization. So it's really a threat of not even seeing the fact you have a burglar in your house because they're able to move freely looking like the people you used to work with. Got it, got it. Yeah. So so with that, you know, clear need to clean up identity data, how can organizations really start managing it? And and what are the benefits of doing so? Well, really like anything, it start management starts with being able to see what you have, being able to understand the scope of the challenge. Um, mm. you know, I, I look at my garage, which is stacked full of things that I think I really need that I can't and haven't gotten rid of. But I have a really hard time cleaning that up because I really have no idea what's in there. I have no idea what to start with. I have no idea what I need to keep and what I need to get rid of. I don't know where the gaps are. And that's the same in my identity infrastructure. I really need to build visibility. I need tools that can let me see across multiple systems that I have the same user established in and understand that that is the same user, even though the identifier, the name, the login for that user may be J Smith in one system, John Smith in another, and Smith 121 in a third. If I understand that's the same person, then I can start to understand the relationship that user has to other assets. And I can start to understand if that user uh, has left the organization, all the places he exists that I need to clean up, or simple things like I have accounts that don't have managers. Well, if I'm trying to do a review of my systems to see that the access they have is accurate by having managers review that, and I have a percentage of my users without managers, they're basically unreviewed and unsupervised. So in that scenario, I have more challenges. So that visibility is critical to know what you have first to be able to make changes going forward. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. And, and kind of my final question for, to, for today then is, when it comes to identity data, what, what is kind of next in the world of keeping companies safe by minimizing that risk? Well, I'm really excited that the, the idea and the concept of zero trust is taking off um, really around the world. And 
What zero trust does is it changes the paradigm. We, we used to build a very high wall around our organizations. Um, firewalls were very common models for doing that. Physical building access, you could only get access to a resource if you were in the building. You only got access if you were on a company computer. All these barriers that were really physical or, or very uh, static in the way they protected the, the castle. And it was a very effective model if you operated behind castle walls. But now we don't. Now we operate in a very distributed world. We, just, we operate like I am today from my home um, and, and be able to access all the resources I need through a level of security there. So instead of provisioning users with everything they need to do their job when they arrive on the job and then trusting that they'll never get their password compromised, they'll never be able to be taken in by a phishing email and convinced to do something that was compromise access to their resources, I put all the burden on the end user to be my, my level of protection. That's not really a, a viable model to follow. There's too many points of exposure. There's too many people who are not sophisticated enough from an, a security standpoint, and we wouldn't ask them to be to really be that forward defensive line. So in Zero Trust, what I've done is I've taken back that access control. I've taken back that ability to get to an asset and get to a resource, and I base this now on granting the access when the user needs it, only for as long as they need it, based on a very granular set of information that I know about that user, things about their identity that go beyond the normal information you used to use, things like risk scoring and training level and the location they're coming from and the time of day and an unreasonable travel and a whole bunch of other paradigms that I can use to determine that this is the right person, they deserve access to this resource for a period of time, and I'm gonna grant it to them and then take it away as soon as they're done. So if they are ever compromised, the damage they can do is very small. They have to go through that same authorization process again to gain any access, and that's gonna put them through a number of tests that will discover the fact they are not who they say they are, or they're not acting in the way that I would expect them to. So by changing this paradigm with zero trust, we're really increasing the security. And in an ideal world, as we move down this journey of zero trust, this evolution, this incremental increase in security uh, profile, we do this in a way that the end user never knows it's happening. So ideally, I enhance my security. The user has a frictionless experience. I've blocked all the avenues for compromising the organization. And I do this based on a very rich set of identity information that's the foundation for that model. Yeah, I think I think you're the first person really that I've spoken to about Zero Trust where you've kind of put an emphasis on making sure that end user doesn't feel restricted in what they're doing as well. So I do really like that. That's, that's quite nice. Well, wait, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. It was really great to get your insight into Zero Trust and managing identity data. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you very much. No worries at all. And thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to radiantlogic.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms, follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn, and for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com. Mm-hmm.